Hey there, this is Alex from the Jane team. We are overjoyed to be here with you for the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. We know how important the work you do is and we're here to support you as you learn and grow on your wellness journey. If you're new to Jane, we're a practice management software designed to be helpful to you no matter how or where you practice. We're confident you'll find Jane especially helpful as you get started in private practice. For some of our newest practitioners, it's our online booking that draws them in. A beautifully designed software that makes it easy for your clients to book with you, which means fewer back and forth emails and calls and more time with your clients. For others, they love Jane's one-on-one telehealth feature because it means they're able to provide consistent care and still meet online with their clients. Our team would love to meet with you, hear your story, and see if Jane can be the right fit over at jane.app slash mentalhealth. If you've already decided you're ready to hop on the Jane train, don't forget to use the code wellness1mo in your signup notes for a one-month grace period. We look forward to talking to you soon. As health and wellness providers, we know that better patient outcomes require a whole person, multidisciplinary approach that we just can't provide on our own. That's why I've started the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I'll be bringing you interviews with experts, tips, tricks, secrets, resources, systems, and solutions so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And creating your wellness center won't feel like starting over. Welcome back, everybody. We have Daryl DJ Turner on the podcast today. He is an author, consultant, agency owner, and host of the Scaling Wellness Podcast. Through his work and his agency, he helps wellness practitioners step out of the treatment room and into the CEO role, as well as help them keep their team's schedules full when word of mouth isn't enough. Through his podcast, Scaling Wellness, DJ and his guests discuss what it takes to grow and scale a happy, healthy, and profitable wellness practice beyond the owner themselves. Welcome, DJ. We're so glad to have you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me, Kendall. So you're here today to talk about paid marketing in particular and how we can kind of go beyond word of mouth. What are the common mistakes with paid ads? Because I get this question a lot. And as health and wellness providers, I think we're used to the in-person networking thing. But when we go to do paid ads, it can feel really confusing. We don't want to waste our money. So what are the common mistakes? Yeah, that's a really great question. You know, it depends where you are at on this journey. But the biggest thing that needs to be remembered that I kind of beat people over the head is that paying for advertising doesn't automatically make it better. One of the biggest mistakes I see is that just because I gave money to Facebook, Google, uh, TikTok, whatever ad platform is going to exist in the next couple of years, that just because I give them money means that people are going to be interested in the thing that I'm offering. It means that um, they'll automatically want to buy it. The way I want you to think about it and all the listeners is that paid advertising really at the end of the day is going to buy you speed. If I am a door-to-door salesman and I am selling, I don't know, a magical spray that keeps your walls clean from children, uh, if you don't have kids, doesn't matter how many times I knock on your door, how loud I scream, like you don't want this. By paying for advertising, instead of having to knock on a thousand doors and that take three months, I can give Facebook some money and they can do that for me in a day or a week's time. And so that's the biggest thing to think about. Don't make the mistake of assuming spending money means what you're putting out there is actually good. 
So how can we reach our ideal clients if we're thinking about Facebook ads in particular? So one of the things that's really, really important is that you have a really great understanding of who it is that you're trying to bring in. And when we're thinking about a wellness practice, uh, you know, it depends, again, where you are, but we have to zoom out with any business, regardless of what kind of business you have. The beginning phase is this whole entire idea of product market fit. You know you're in the phase of still figuring out product market fit if you don't have a full practice. It uh, doesn't matter if you're a massage therapist, an acupuncturist, a therapist, doesn't matter what it is. You effectively haven't figured out how to get what you have to offer to the people who want it or how to take the people who are around you and give them develop your product in a way that they actually want something. So the first step is to know really, really well who it is that you're trying to reach. This is so important because you know, I work with a lot of massage therapists, especially and body workers. The person who is a 45 year old bodybuilder who is trying to hit their peak week for the show and make sure they can keep training is going to be a very different person than the 24 year old prenatal um, woman who is trying to look for some sort of therapeutic body work to make sure that she is relaxed and comfortable. So first, you have to know really clearly who is this person? What do they want? Uh, more than anything. And then you have to start to think, okay, where can I find them? It's way easier to catch a fish when you know how to think like a fish. So it's pretty safe though, and like in today's age to say that most people now are on Facebook in some capacity. They're on Instagram, which is the same advertising network. You know, think about your local market and your people. Are they more Instagram people? Are they more Facebook people? That's going to change a little bit with the demographics. Um, and even other paid advertising platforms, like thinking about YouTube ads. And then TikTok is really interesting. It's not something that we run ads for as a service, but we're seeing both the organic content of TikTok as well as if you're doing paid advertising on TikTok, that can be something to consider. It all comes down to, okay, if I'm going to try and bring in Joe, my 49-year-old blue-collar worker who needs therapeutic body work, or I'm bringing in Susan, who is someone who is coming through a toxic relationship and she's now on this other side and she needs some sort of rehabilitation, whatever this is, you need to think like they think and ask, okay, where are they hanging out? And when you think of that answer, it becomes really, really clear where you should be. That's great. So when would you say it's worth it to do those paid ads and not, right? If someone has $500 and they can go spend it on a networking group in person or they can spend it on an ad, when would it be worth it to spend on an ad? So I think the best time to spend on advertising. So it's, I'll start with the best. If you've got something that has been proven to work somewhere else, that is the best time to say, okay, how can I reverse engineer this to make this work in a paid advertisement? If you did, I mean, direct mail is a type of paid ads. We kind of forget about that one. But if you did a mailer or you did a networking group, when we think about how does marketing work, you have to get in front of a person the right person, you have to present them with an offer and some sort of messaging that makes them say, Hey, yeah, I want this. And then they take action. So if you've done a, say an in-person networking group, it could be something like a BNI. It could be, I don't know, you, you paid like a gym owner to be able to speak to their class or something like that. If what you were doing there worked, 
then you can reverse engineer, okay, people at the gym, okay, my introductory offer, is it a free consultation? Is it a discount? Is it an add-on? Is it whatever you offered? If people are taking it, then you can turn this into a paid advertisement. When we're thinking about how much we're going to spend, uh, I know there's different types of wellness practitioners and the cost is going to vary. Something that's really important to know, especially with most advertising networks, especially online advertising, but especially with Facebook, the cost to advertise is not fixed. And I think if someone's never done paid advertising before, this might be really weird. If you want to go to the local newspaper, you want to go to like something that's print media, they're going to say, okay, a corner uh, four inch by six inch is going to cost X hundred dollars and it's going to be run for this many weeks. And we believe you're going to reach this many thousands or hundreds or millions, whatever of people. We're doing online advertising. We're looking at an auction process. And so the cost to advertise online is going to change depending on who you're talking to, how many other people are talking to that same audience, as well as how effective your ad is. And this is something I can speak of with both Google and Facebook. So if you're on like Google ads, for example, certain industries are going to have $1 to get someone to click on the Google ad. If you're doing something like law, it could be 20, 30, 50, 60, $70 to get just one click on your ad. We look at Facebook it's going to change with how relevant you are. Facebook basically says, yes, we're going to take your money, but we will penalize you if you're putting something out there that people don't want. But it's also going to be an auction. So we see this every single year from Christmas to New Year's. Come January 2nd, all of our ads costs drop like 20% from the month before. There's just more people in the marketplace, more people advertising. So how can you make an informed decision about this? Uh, whatever budget you have, I would say you want to have like the the bare, bare minimum. If you're really trying to get some form of clients or patients, like $100 is like the, the floor minimum. Could you do some things with less? Yes, like it's not impossible, but that's enough money to start to be able to see and play around and do things. The next thing, I really like to use this rule of 20%. Going back to the beginning, just because you spend money doesn't mean what you have is good. And number two, make sure you know the people. The questions will answer themselves. What should I say? What should I offer? How should I do this? Well, if you know your people, that starts to make a lot of sense really quickly. But still, there's variations and we don't know what's going to happen. So you've got $100. What I want to do with my $100 is I'm going to spend $20 and I'm going to say, okay, once I spent $20, did this get me the result I was looking for? Did it get people calling me, visiting my website? Did I get at least one patient out of this? Uh, Twenty dollars for one patient is pretty cheap, just for context. In like most markets, most kinds of services, maybe for like a bodywork service, you can get someone for twenty dollars. But did this get me a result? Yes or no? Or was there some sort of hint, clue that this is kind of working? You know, I got a lot of engagement, but no one quite booked anything yet. Well, take your next twenty dollars and say, okay, what can I change? If it kind of worked, make some small changes. If it did not work whatsoever, no one liked it, no one clicked, no one called, like nothing, then take your next $20 and try something completely different. And this is this, this rule of 20%. Now, I can't guarantee that after five iterations, you're going to find that winning thing. But if you, instead of dump all of your budget into a single thing and follow this sort of practice, you're going to find the thing that works for you significantly faster with a lot less headaches and worrying a lot less about wasting your money. Now, on the flip side, if you're in a situation where 
you're maybe brand new to your business and you don't really know this. Well, this is a place where it's going to make a lot of sense to either reach out to people who know what they're doing or to at least say, at least own up to the fact that you don't know what you're doing and be prepared to spend some money to buy data. This is one of those important things. The only way to truly know what's actually working is to spend the money and actually see what's working. And if you're not in a position where you can do that, then you should be looking at other methods of marketing and really thinking back to this paid advertising as a tool of scale or amplification. I mean, I've done it with myself, my own business. Like when we've got the money to figure things out, we'll just say, okay, here's $500. I hope we get some clients. I hope we get some sales, whatever. But I'm dedicating this $500 to just figuring out what's happening and going through as many variations as possible. And that's the kind of mindset you need to have if either you've never done paid ads before, or if you haven't proven something that's worked for you in the past. I love that. That's great advice. And I think for people starting out that trial and error method is a good way to go, even if they have only $100 to spend. And then I absolutely agree with you. If you can, it's really important to hire someone who is an expert in paid advertising because there's so much to learn. And when we have a limited budget and we don't want to be wasting our money, there are people who keep up with every single change of Facebook and they know what to do. Right. So it, it is worth it to invest in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's something just to consider, especially for anyone who's in the beginning, people who are a bit further in the process, they kind of tend to know it's like they've got something working, they just want more, they're going to go spend the money and figure out what's the thing that gives them more. When they're beginning, so I'm a musician, or at least I was, I cry a little bit every time I say was a musician. If you think about any musicians, or like if you were, you know, American student, you learn like recorder in the third grade, the beginning of this process is having to learn not just how to play your instrument, but you need to learn how to read music. You have to learn how to practice. You have to learn how to carry yourself and all those things that come with being a musician. And then like the specific instrument is the last little piece. I say this for an awareness level, especially those people in the beginning. If you're figuring out your practice, you think, okay, I'm just trying to figure out how to be a therapist, how to be an acupuncturist, but you're having to learn every single skill of business at the same time. And when you see it like that, it makes a lot of sense to go get help, go lean on the people who are good at those other things while you have those skills you're lacking. Uh, eventually, when it comes all together, it'll be so much easier down the road to just focus on that one thing, that just getting paid advertising to work, unlike in the very beginning. Absolutely. Hello, everyone. This is Kendall. Let's take a minute to chat about Jane, our show sponsor. If you haven't heard the name yet, Jane is an all-in-one practice management software designed to be helpful to you no matter where or how you practice. New to Jane as of April of this year is a feature called Waitlist Notifications. I think a lot of you listening will find this tool really helpful. The Jane team heard from quite a few practices that managing cancellations was a consistent pain point. Practitioners shared that there's often not enough time to fill last minute openings and gaps in the schedule and clients end up waiting longer than they should. So the team got to work and created a new way to manage your waitlist. 
Your clients simply add themselves to your waitlist, and when someone cancels, Jane will give you the option to notify your waitlisted clients through text or email to book that spot. Jane also gives you the ability to automate this process. So if you're tied up in a session, Jane will send those notifications out for you. Our clinic has already started using this new feature and it comes as a relief to our admin staff who are in charge of managing the rest of our appointments. Between greeting clients, taking payments, answering emails and the phone, it saves them a lot of time. If you want to dig into waitlist notifications or just get to know Jane a bit more, head over to jane.app. There you can book a one-on-one demo with a member of their support team or mention the Wellness Center Creators Podcast if you know you're ready to sign up for a one-month grace period applied to your new account. So DJ, the other thing you're really great at in addition to paid advertising is systems, right? And understanding systems and how it works in the wellness field and wellness centers, wellness practices. So if you could tell our audience, what are systems and how can they be implemented into a practice or a wellness center? So systems can be so abstract, but I like to think about systems as any combination of process, people, and we can include software. Uh, A system fundamentally is going to be either like a recipe that helps make sure there's a consistent result, or it's going to be some sort of procedure process tool that makes sure the same thing can happen again and again. So when we think about systems, if you have any sort of online booking, online scheduling, congratulations, that is a system that someone can see the calendar, put in their payment information or put in their scheduling and get on your calendar without having to talk to a human or without things falling apart. You worrying that like, oh no, what if they schedule on Tuesday, but actually I already have something else happening on Tuesday at four, like whatever. That is a form of system. Where I think it's really important is that a lot of people don't think about what the systems are in their practice. When we think about being not just good practitioners, but good business owners, what's really important to remember is that your business is its own thing. Even if you are the business of one still, your business is its own thing that has its own wants, needs, and desires. And having well, well clearly documented systems are a big step to bridging more separation between you and your business. One of the things that I like to remind people is like, it's really unfair. If your business was a dog, it's really unfair to not give your dog water just because you're not thirsty. Uh, you have to remember that your business needs its own things. So with systems, one of the tests I like to do, and it depends like what kind of practitioner you, you are and where you are in your journey, because there are people who they want to be in the treatment room. They want to be there every single day. There are people who they're looking for, maybe it's like a passive income is what's in their head, or they like building and scaling. They want to have as little time face-to-face with their clients and patients as possible, but they want to be pulling all the strings. Uh, a good test would be, you know, can you take two weeks off without everything falling apart? So can you take two weeks off and people still know how to schedule appointments? Let's say you were able to clone yourself, even if you're a business of one, you know, you could spend two weeks Tahiti and other you could be there. Would other you know how to talk to your patients and clients, how to make sure they get back on the schedule? Would they know how to process the billing and the payments? Would they know how to handle the marketing, the email, all of these things? When you have 
clearly documented systems. Step one, do this. Step two, do this. Step three, do this. It makes it so much easier for you to step back without worrying about your money or worrying about everything falling apart and your business to take care and sort of run itself. Definitely. And my encouragement to providers out there who are in that place of wearing every single hat still in their business and doing the entire administrative piece on their own, I can't tell you how many group practice owners I come across that are still doing the admin piece as the owner and they have multiple staff members and um, employees. And the reason why they don't get an admin person or someone else to help with the systems is because it's so much work to clone themselves, right? It's so much work to write down the system and the steps. And so my encouragement is to take the time to write down the steps and hire the person because it will be the greatest decision of your life and your business. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And if, and if anyone's in a, in a place where they already have a team of some sort, so there's two things. So one thing that works no matter what, and a second thing that'll work if you already start to have a team, no matter what, the first thing you should be doing is just documenting things as they are. And so, so I run an online business, like who I work with and the biz, my business structure are fundamentally different. So that means me sitting at a computer a lot of the time and just hitting screen record and something that I would normally just do by myself. I'm literally talking through here. We do this. Here we click this. This is why we do this. Here are the rules to do this. And that's going to make it a lot easier to start to put these things in place. Version one doesn't have to be pretty. If you don't have a lot of systems, you know, if you've got nothing in place, something is better than nothing. You can hand off a video to someone. You know, if we're thinking about what are things that are happening around the office in the physical space, this is where it gets a little bit tricky of like having permission to record things. If you have people, someone can be a dummy client or patient of yours and you can role play through the scenario and just like put your phone in the corner and record so at least you know how it's going. Because when you have that, you can, you know, put that on an unlisted YouTube video, put this in a Google Drive and have someone else watch it. You can have an you, there's automation for transcribing, or you can pay someone on Fiverr to transcribe that for you. And that's if you're by yourself. If you've got someone on your team, there's a really, really good chance, and maybe not everyone, there's a good chance that there's someone on the team already who is just like a systems geek, and they may not realize it. This is typically the kind of person who's extremely detail-oriented, who loves checklists, and they're the kind of person where if you're recording or talking through, you two can team together and say, hey, we do A, B, C, D, and they're going to be the person who's writing down all the small little things. They're going to be the person who's probably asking you more questions or even the person who's saying, hey, wait, don't we actually do it like this? And why do we do it this way? Should we do it this other way? So use those people. I mean, if you're the owner from like a structural point of view, pay people for their time, just give them more money because every system you document, every SOP, every procedure you write, it's like cutting yourself a small check for more freedom and more autonomy. And it's always worth that investment. Yes, absolutely. So how can our listeners know when their business is systemized enough? Uh, so really, it's going to depend on like what you want in, in your practice. But I think a really good test is looking at, let's say, two to four weeks. Let's say you're going to take a, a vacation of two to four weeks. Could you actually do everything without it falling apart? You know, I think if someone's taking like maternity leave, this is longer than two to four weeks. That's another one of those really clear lines of, okay, I am forced to step back. 
what is going to happen. Uh, one of the things that you can do is making sure that slowly start to give parts away to other people and see how they do. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. I can't imagine documenting every single thing in your business like in one day. That would be like, you'd have to freeze time and probably do a lot of drugs to get all that stuff done. Um, but as you go step by step by step, when you give something to someone else and they're able to accomplish the task with at least 90% accuracy, we're not looking for 100. We're looking for a very, very, very high level of good enough. That's when you know that particular piece is documented and systemized really well. Uh, a good thing I like to think about as well. Another test is think about like your partner. Um, your partner, if you're talking, if you're like most entrepreneurs, like you're talking about your business all the time. So they have like probably a vague idea, but not every single finite detail. If you could give a, you know, process to them, give them a document of like, Hey, could you follow this? And they could. That's a pretty good test of if that part is actually well documented. Um, but really think about it. Sit down and maybe it's a literal exercise where you book a vacation and you force yourself kind of feet to the fire or the mental exercise of, okay, if I need to take 30 days off, what is going to happen? Depending on your team, maybe that's 30 days where there is the clients and patients are being seen with new money coming in. Maybe that's 30 days of only the existing clients and patients are being seen. But if you're gone for 30 days, are all the pieces clearly documented? That's when you know you're in a really, really good spot. I love it. Okay. So I would love to know more about your own story, how you got to be doing what you are now with your online business, if you wouldn't mind sharing with us. Yeah, absolutely. My story is all over the place. Honestly, I think like a good Hallmark movie, it started with a young boy in love. And so uh, several years ago, I was uh, in college, I was kind of straddling this line of I was getting an engineering degree, I was doing music, starting a business, I was kind of like, yes, I have a degree in engineering, I should know how to build bridges, but really, I was going to school to do whatever I wanted. Uh, at this time, being a musician, I'd gone overseas and I had fallen in love with this woman. That's like the nice version that, you know, plan on telling her kids. What really was is um, there was a bar just for the performers and my wife liked to volunteer there because she had a thing for meeting foreign guys. It's a big international music event and all the people came and she liked to bartend because, well, she who controls the beer gets to control the flow of men. So, she met me at this event. We kind of met each other and we sort of hit it off right away. It was a weird feeling of like, I feel like I've known you my whole life, uh, as cheesy as it sounds. So I came back to the United States and like anyone in a normal long distance relationship, we've got an ocean between us. She's in Switzerland. I'm in America trying to figure out how to close this gap so we can be together. Uh, we watched some opportunities come through. She almost came to the United States and that fell through. And I said, you know what? I'm going to figure out how I can make sure that I work anywhere and it does not matter. Um, so I had been doing some things. I'd been teaching music online. I'd been working on some other business projects with some other people. And it, it wasn't until I, I realized from really a bunch of like YouTube videos that was like, Hey, this whole make money online thing, you can just do marketing. I hadn't realized marketing was a thing. I hadn't realized that aspect of business. It turns out I already had half the skills from the other business ventures I had been doing for myself. 
So I said, okay, I'm going to be the marketing guy. Um, my first client ever actually was a massage therapist before I left that industry and came into dental. And I worked in the dental industry and it was really fun. Um, I learned a lot really quickly, but there is a point where two major shifts happened. One, I kind of didn't love working with you know old guys in suits. I mean, yes, they were doctors in coats, but the vibe was definitely old boys club. And then at this point, actually, the woman who had hired me in her business was pushing me out. I had worked for her and then I went to say, okay, I'm starting my own thing in this space. And she pushed me out of the industry. And I thought, well, I'm not really married to dentists. Let me go make a name for myself in a space somewhere else. So I remember that massage therapist and I said, let me see what massage is all about. And I kind of never left that space only until recently. So I've been working with a lot of massage therapists and learning wellness through the lens of massage, especially of solo providers, um, all the way up to these team practices when in the last oh, six months, year especially, I felt that it was time for a change again. I had a big online event that went really, really well for massage therapists, and I started to cater to the different phases of business, and it went really well. And I remember thinking, okay, what if we did double this next year? And everything in my body shook and was like, no. I thought, oh my goodness, whoa, I, okay, I need to listen to the signal my body's telling me. And really what I realized is that I had kind of passed the phase of working with people who are just getting started because there's so much to learn and do. And a lot of the skills that I had, you know, when I was in dental, I was working in a high-end mastermind, people paying uh, tens of thousands of dollars to work with my boss and our team and do the marketing, all these things. And it was going to be a better fit for me to work with people who'd been a little bit further in the road. Um, and I, as I thought about who I had on my podcast and who I'd work with, these group practice owners were the things that, um, were the people that brought me the most joy, had the most fun. And the way I think about it is like, there's a lot of people who are really, really good teaching you how to walk or how to run. And I realized for myself, that is amazing. And those people should be there. But I want to be the person who's like, hey, let's shave five minutes off your marathon. We can do this. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's how I kind of came into the space of saying, you know, I see how many practice owners have gotten to a space really far of growing. They need the help with marketing. They're kind of figuring it out themselves. But once you start to get bigger, you just need to be good at business. And I like to be here in a space to say, okay, let's, let's kind of not throw everything the old guys in suits are doing away and think about how we can apply this to a brick and mortar wellness practice to be not just good providers, not just good practitioners, but really have a, a thriving, profitable and ethical practice. And that really is how scaling wellness came to be. That's beautiful. So where can everyone find you? How can they find your podcast? Yeah. So if you want to listen to some of the really amazing interviews and advice, check me out on the podcast. It is just called Scaling Wellness. Find that wherever podcasts are available. If you want to learn a little bit more about me, check out my Instagram also at Scaling Wellness. And if you want to you know, talk to me, learn more about um, what we can do maybe to help you keep your team schedule full or how you can just step back out of the treatment room and take more of that CEO seat, um, just head to my website, www.scalingwellness.com. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here, DJ. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode please visit our website at wellnesscentercreators.com for more show notes and additional episodes.
Plus, if you do have time, please subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing the show. That will help other people find us. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time on the Wellness Center Creators Podcast.